Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hey there. Welcome to what? (laughs) Hey there. (laughs) I like hey there. That works. Hey there. Welcome to Living Box Free. I don't know what I'm saying already. And we've just started. I'm Ashleen. And I'm Becky. And we are back on our series about respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, if you will. And we have been diving into some tough topics, honestly. Some some yeah. difficult things. Some vulnerable topics. Yeah. Yep. We've uh, loved your feedback, though, and hearing yeah the comments and the conversations. Yes. Please keep giving us that feedback. If you like this series, you like this podcast, go give us a rating and a review. Uh, subscribe, subscribe yeah. uh, wherever you listen. And that makes a big difference. We appreciate that. Yeah. Helps other people find our podcast. Today, we are going to talk about respecting option B. Everyone just went, woohoo. Yay. Or everyone just option said, no, B. option A is the only only way I for will me. only go with my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> so I read a book, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago called Option B by Sheryl Sandberg. She's the COO of Facebook, or she was, I don't know if she still is. And she wrote this whole book because her uh, husband died very suddenly in an accident. And um, so her friend told her, Option A is not available, so let's kick the bleep out of Option B. <laughs> and that concept has stuck with me of like, Sometimes you just can't do what you planned on doing. Sometimes you just can't make it happen. It's just not realistic. And as I always say, reality is your friend. And so let's make option B the best life choice we can make it. So today we're going to talk about what to do with option B, how to even know if you need to take option B, and yeah, just all kinds of things. (laughs) It's going to be so fun. But first, Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? What is on the rise? I actually, I just updated it from when you last looked. It's it's exciting. I have two people who work in the animal pharmaceutical area who are going to try CrossFit. They're going to try our beginner's class, which I coach. Hey. hey. <laughs> They're going to try our beginner's class here in November. Okay. So that's really exciting for me. That's and it's really cool. I am definitely, I don't push, I don't push, but people know I'm here yeah. if they ever want to reach out and ask about CrossFit. So I'm really excited to awesome. get to share that with a couple people. Okay. Yeah. I brought two of my coworkers to Friends and Family Day and they had, there was some mixed reviews even like <laughs> <laughs> for each of them, <laughs> but one of them is, is considering. And yesterday she texted me out of the blue and said, Hey, if I did CrossFit, would I ever see you there? And I was like, well, I'm there like five or six days a week, so I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My guess. How you could pull it likely. off that you would not see me there. That would be impressive. But anyway, so yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. Fun when new people come. Yes. Thanks for bringing friends. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's on the rise for you? Uh, I need to invest in some work appropriate winter clothing. I usually just end up wearing hoodies to work, which is fine. Nobody minds, but I feel kind of like a schlump. I don't know. Oh. I just, I feel sort of like I just rolled out of bed, which I did. Yeah. I roll out of bed, I throw on a hoodie and I go to work. And I think I, I need some more, I don't know if I need sweaters and flannels or what, something because it's not winter yet, but it's getting chilly and I just, mm-hmm. I need to work on it. So 
I'm saying that's on the rise for me as like an, can you all be my accountability partners (laughs) here and hold me to it? I need to find some warm clothes. So that go beyond hoodies that go beyond hoodies. Yes. Yeah. So this is, this is Ash saying we need to hold her accountable to go shopping. (laughs) Oh, most people, most people don't need someone to nudge them to shop. So this is a good thing. Yeah. That you need a nudge. Yes. I would love, love to support you in that journey. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Let's go get flannels together. Uh, you can't see us, but Ash and I are both wearing almost the exact same hoodie. Yes, we are. Speaking of being schlumps, uh, this is why we are we have faces made for podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> and clo- attire made for podcasting. Yep. yep. All about those hoodies. Well, we're going to talk about this plan B concept as we get into this we're going to we're going to start with one of our favorite things a quote and i did look up who this quote is by what what accountability right there <laughs> holding ourselves accountable to a higher standard joseph campbell this quote by joseph campbell is one that really it stuck with me for like this whole year when i turned 30 this quote really helped me comprehend where i was in life and the positive pieces of that it goes like this We must let go of the life we have planned so we can accept the one that is waiting for us. Let go of the life we've planned so we can accept the one that's waiting for us. Hmm. When I turned 30, I know everyone's like, dirty 30. Did you go to Vegas? No, I did not. I cried in the car with my husband on the way to a John Mayer concert, uh, which he loves John Mayer. And I was crying. He's like, what's wrong? And I had this, and and we'll talk about personality types here, but I had this like very clear plan. I was going to graduate college, work for two years, go back, get my master's and my PhD and become a professor. Mm -hmm. That was my plan. 100% what I was going to do. It's a great plan. Yes. And actually getting married was not a part of that plan. I was like, boys, (laughs) I'm going to work. I'm going to make a big difference. No time for that. And I turned 30. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I'm glad I'm married. And uh, Tristan is a great example of my plan A. He was a surprise. And he was part of that life waiting for me that I did not envision at first for myself. And then also I stepped into at the age of 30. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would be a owner of a CrossFit gym. <laughs> now that's my husband's key gig, but that's not something I ever would have thought that I would have poured my blood, sweat and tears and savings into. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 30 at first, I was very emotional because I thought, man, I don't have my master's and PhD. That's something I was so sure I was going to do. And I saw this quote and I was journaling and reflecting and I was like, wow, I never in a million years would have guessed that I would have been married, that CrossFit would be such a big piece of my life and influencing people and helping people to be happy and healthy. And I don't have these certain degrees, but I'm accomplishing things that are worth way more than a piece of paper. And that quote really just helped remind me to be open to going beyond the plan. Mm. Our plan oftentimes is bias based on our perspective, the people around us, what at that time we define as success. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. So, so for me, this is a topic I'm very passionate about because my life plan has totally 
It has not been a straight line. It's been a lot of squiggly doodly dads. <laughs> and I am in a place that I am so happy and I love. And I could not have pictured this or guessed where I'd be in 2011 when I graduated from college. As we talk about plan B, here's a couple things. This is what we're going to go through. We're going to talk about why does plan B get a bad rap? Why? Why? Don't pick on plan B. We're going to talk about that. Second, we're going to talk about the importance of dealing with ambiguity. We're going to talk about what is that? And a part of that, we're going to talk about how do you know when it's time to move to plan B? And then finally, we're going to share some tips to lean into plan B, to lean into that, understand it more, and figure out what's right for you in that next moment. I feel like it's important to note also that it could be plan C, plan D, plan E, plan F. We're going to refer to it as option or plan B. But Mm -hmm. sometimes, let's be honest, it's like the fifth plan (laughs) on your chart. And kudos to you for planning so much. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Having so many plans. That's a great, yeah, plan B encompasses anything that's not plan A. Yeah, Let's just say that right now. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about why does plan B get a bad rap? The first thing that pops in my mind, those personality tests, we did an episode on that a long time ago, I mean, I will be fully transparent. I am an achiever. I'm an achiever in my strengths finder. It's one of my strengths. Also in the Enneagram, personality type three. And and a piece of that is my personality. People who are achievers like me. There's this, and, and I love this concept, human doing, human doings, humans that are doing things and human beings. Mm. And as an achiever and in, in the Enneagram, if you take that, For a long time, I have associated my value with what I do and what I achieve versus who I am and who I'm being. Yeah. In our culture, that's very easy to do. Mm -hmm. And, And that right there is one of the reasons why my plan A, leaving college, felt so important to me that I needed to do those things. And it wasn't until I hit 30 that I really overcame this hump of realizing the fact I didn't do these things does not mean I'm, I'm not successful. I am. Am I happy? Yes. Do I love what I'm doing? Yes. I don't need titles behind my name to make me successful. And another piece of that goes to, and one of the books that I'm going to reference here is called designing your life, how to build a well-lived joyful life. Um, check it out that another piece in there that it talks about is a common dysfunctional belief is that there are winners and losers losers in life. Yeah. And and I even I will admit having my I have two siblings who both have master's degrees. I don't. I just have a bachelor's and it it would be easy for me to feel like I'm a loser compared to my siblings that I'm not as educated. That's not the case. Like they have certificates, they have education that's formal, but there's so much education that happens on the job through coaches and mentors and And so this dysfunctional belief, there's winners and losers in life. We need to shift that to the functional belief of life is an infinite game with no winners or losers. Hmm. And this infinite game is also what brings us a multitude of plans beyond plan A. It's the infinity game instead of the infinity war. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like games. (laughs) I like games that are fast like catchphrase yes <laughs> cranium still you know it depends on my partner yep. 
so why does plan B get a bad rap? Oftentimes, Ash alluded to this, society rewards us for doing, rewards us for titles, certificates. And, and a lot of people have this dysfunctional belief, I'm a winner or I'm a loser. Well, those preconditioned biases of what success looks like, we need to get those out of our head. And we need to ask ourselves more meaningful questions like, who am I as a person? And am I happy with who I am? Am I happy with what I'm doing? And the talents and the skills that I naturally have, am I able to use those? And, and that goes beyond just, do I, did I take this certain path? Did I become a doctor like my parents kept telling me I should do? Yeah. The answer is no for me. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. It is. It can be feel kind of complicated, though, because sometimes like you have a skill that you don't necessarily have a degree in or have mm. qualification on paper qualifications for. I have a ton of skills that I can do that looking at my resume, you would never. I mean, you can't trust that I could do it because I don't have a degree in it or a certification or any of that kind of stuff. And so that that it it is can feel complicated. Um it's also important to remember that who you are is who you are. Yeah. I think the neat thing about so profound. Wow. So profound. Oh gosh. I think the cool thing about that though, it makes me think of people who have the courage at like 45 to quit their corporate job and pursue being a, uh, oh my gosh, a music director at a church Mm -hmm. worship leader. That's Mm -hmm. the word I was looking for. Yeah. Being a worship leader. And, and so that, what you're just talking about, those skills, those talents, sometimes people never have the courage to pursue those Mm -hmm. because it feels safer to be in that box of this great corporate job or this great position where I clock in, I clock out. And and so that's another piece of plan B. You know, are you happy? As we talk about when do you move on? If you're not happy, then maybe you need to pull on some of those talents that and take have the courage to do something that's not on your resume that you haven't done yeah. to pursue that. I know we have a friend who has multiple talents and she's pursued uh, meal prep cooking for people, massage therapy. She's getting her yoga certification. And uh, so there's just, there's lots of things outside of what you might think originally is success from that plan A that you might determine at a younger age. Yep. Another, another example here, plan B, why does it get a bad rap? Um, when we think about plan B, it's really hard for us to create a plan A and it always be the best plan for us. And I know it's hard to accept. Um, and let me give, let me give an example. When I was in school, I remember people kept saying, Becky, there's 300 careers in the agriculture industry and new ones being created every day. I was like, new careers being created every day. You, you crazy, you silly. <laughs> And it is so true. I was just telling Ash today, I had a networking call with someone at a company and her role is a brand new role that was just created seven months ago around corporate well-being. And that's so cool. Like just seven months ago, this became a job for the first time in this organization. And I think about my very first job out of college, I never knew existed. I worked for the Department of Ag doing international trade mission stuff with farm bill money. I had no idea that was a job and someone tapped me on the shoulder and asked if I was interested. So that just this plan B, it, it can get a bad rap because oftentimes we feel like we might not be successful if we don't stick with plan A, but being open to plan B actually might lead to something we didn't know existed. That's even greater and a better fit for us. Yeah. I think we also, I mean, we've talked about this before, but that concept of we don't want to be wrong mm-hmm. or 
and we don't want to feel like maybe we were wrong. And so when, when we change, when our desires and wants and our personalities change and we grow, we can tend to want different things or be okay with different things. But it's hard in this moment now to look forward ahead at your life and say, oh, I might grow, I might change, I might be wrong. Mm. Or not even wrong, but I just it might be different. And so it can be really hard to to do that and accept that. I'm thinking about when I was in high school, I spent a lot of time at my church with my uh, youth group leader and some uh, just some other adults that worked for the church. And I thought for sure that I was going to work for a church when I was in high school. I was like, this makes sense. I'll probably do some music stuff or something. But then by the time I got to college and then into college, I was like, absolutely not. I do not want to work for a church. I don't even want to be in any sort of Christian field whatsoever. I want to go out into no, what I would have considered the nor- yeah, the wilderness. <laughs> no, like corporate life or like oh, I yeah. just wanted to be, I wanted to be outside of it. And for several years after that, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not doing anything related to Christians. And then <laughs> my, my turn came to, to join staff with a Christian organization. And it became clear that that was the right next step for me. And I did that for eight years and now I'm working for a church and I'm like, okay, I've gone through so many phases mm-hmm. of how I feel about this. And the reality is where you are, you, you won't know until you're there, whether yep. you're okay with it. Yeah. So. And who you were eight years ago needed something different than what Ash today needs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't feel like we're old enough to have worked eight years I know, right? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere else. <laughs> I actually just had my eight year anniversary with Alenco wow, this week. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Feel older. Wiser. You are Question older. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're let's talk about dealing with ambiguity. This is something we actually, at least the company I work at, we talk about a lot. We talk about this as a key competency and indicator for success and successful people in their careers. So what, what do we mean when we say dealing with ambiguity? Basically, what this means is you can effectively cope with change, shift gears comfortably, decide and act without having the total picture, and handle risk and uncertainty. Those are some big categories. Those are some big categories. And some people probably just like, oh, got no. the chills. No, yeah, thank you. Got the chills listening to that. <laughs> And, and this is a, a quote that I hear all the time. And if it, anyone who's from Alenco listens to this, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, someone said that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear people say often, we need to build the plane while we're flying it. Mm. We don't have all of the picture, but we need to move forward. We need to keep acting. We need to make decisions with what information we have. And so as we talk about dealing with plan B, one of the one of the ways we can lean into plan B is by being curious, learning about uh, those things that might be changing about you, changing about your environment, your circumstances, and what options do you have? And, and really if here's a couple, here's a couple indicators. If you're really good at dealing with ambiguity, here's a couple things that you're good at. You're good at making decisions on the basis of information you have, even if that isn't the whole picture, you can cope with uncertainty and risk. That one's probably the one that makes people the most uncomfortable. You can adapt to change and you can, you have great problem solving skills. Problem solving, that is handy. Oh yeah. Yes. There are always problems. Always. Yes. Once again, it's never the linear straight line. No. Like plan A usually looks like. Yeah. 
And, and someone also told me this once. They said, you can have the perfect plan until people show up. And then, <laughs> and it'll then get, it all goes and out And then the it window. all get changed. And then you have to adapt and change based on everyone else's opinions and everyone else's views and da-da-da-da-da, yeah. uh, which, which is very true. And, and that's how we grow and become better is mm-hmm. by not just being in our own head but listening to others. So let's, let's talk about how do you know when it's time to move on to plan B? What do you think, Ash? I think you have to get good at recognizing the signs. And that, that can be really challenging because there can be signs that are just obstacles and it, they really just mean you just need to push forward. And then there are signs that say, you know what, maybe it would be better to take plan B and to figure out something else or to take this other option that's given to me. And I am always so, 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 so impressed with I mean, I think of like Olympic athletes that talk about the obstacles they've overcome to win their Olympic dreams. That's not my personality. I'm not the kind of person that's going to just like forgo every piece of cake ever <laughs> in my entire first 40 years of life. Like I'm not going to do that oh gosh. in order to be an Olympic athlete, but I don't have that kind of dream. So mm-hmm. keep in mind as I'm saying this, it kind of depends on the sort of dream that you have or the sort of plan that you have. There are some of those plans that just come with more obstacles and you're going to have to fight them. But then there are signs along the way that it might be time to, to move to plan B or to accept plan B. Mm-hmm. One of those is just circumstances. I mean, you, you get injured, um, you lose someone important to you in your life. Um, you know, you have to move all of those circumstances that just, they just take place and they're outside of your control and you have to accept reality, you have to accept plan B. Mm -hmm. I think this one can be a little bit tricky. Again, going back to, you know, holding on to your dreams and that kind of thing, but other people that you trust telling you it's time, that's something to really pay attention to. And I really mean like the people that are the closest to you. If there are people saying it's, it's time to move on, it's time to do something else, then I would pay attention to that. I mean, maybe not just listen without processing it yourself, but definitely pay attention to that. I I think I've told this story or parts of it before, but when I was working for Crew, I had worked there for seven years, and I decided it was time to leave. I decided I needed to look for something new. I needed to, I just was ready to move on. And the day before I quit, <laughs> or my last day, the day before my last day, I got a text message asking if I would consider a, a job offer within Crew and staying on staff. And so I had... I I wasn't able or willing to say, no, I will not consider that because it came from someone I trusted and it came from, and other people around me were like, you need to consider this. Mm -hmm. But it's hard. It's hard to even want to consider option B when all of your, (laughs) like you've put all your money, your energy, your focus into option A. And so you have to be able, you have to be willing to go through the grief process sometimes for option A Mm -hmm. to get on board with option B. And I think that's what happened with me. I had basically a week to make that decision. Am I staying? And I think I went through all the stages of grief in that week. I I just, I was frustrated. I was sad. I I reached acceptance finally. And it, it takes some grieving and some processing, but Mm -hmm. there are usually signs along the way. Yeah. That's a really good one. The, uh, the people that you trust. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever told this story, but it was a while, gosh, 2016 or 2017. And Elenco had done a reorg and my position was one that was getting eliminated. And so I had to like find a different job within the organization or get a severance package and leave. And 
there was a position open at FFA, National FFA. And I, I remember being in church and I was like, this is, I'm supposed to leave Alenco. I'm supposed to go work at FFA. I love that organization. And I show up the day that like you had to say if you're to get the severance package, if you're leaving or staying. And I remember like sending an email. This is like so top secret, but I can sit, share it now. Send yeah. an email and be like, okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. And you had 24 hours to, to be able to pull it back and say like, if you've changed your mind. Yeah. Then, so I'm like, I'm leaving. Okay. Then I get a call two hours later. It's like 10 a.m. from someone in global marketing. And he's like, Becky, I want to hire you for this position. And he starts talking to me about it. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then I start <laughs> freaking out. I call Tristan while I'm at work. I'm, yeah. And he knew that I was going to send this email and what decision I, I was just so convicted. Yeah. This is what I was supposed to do. I call him. We talk. I call my mom. We talk. And then I'm like, nope, I'm staying at Alenco. I'm staying. <laughs> and to this day, like the the way that process worked was your manager never saw your email, just HR. So my manager, if you're listening, <laughs> she knows that that, that happened now. Uh, but I, I pulled it back. I'm still at Alenco. And it was and the crazy thing. Uh, weeks later, they eliminated that position at National FFA. Wow. And they consolidated because of budget cuts. Wow. So the job I would have taken there would have been gone. So I remember that day. You I do. remember, yeah. yeah, we weren't really, we weren't friends, friends, but I remember talking to you about it because you said you were going to, you know, yeah. ask for the severance pa- package and then you got that call and you told me about it later and you, you were still, I think we're kind of in shock of like, how fast? I'm doing this, I'm yeah. doing this, this is happening, things are changing. And yeah, yeah, that can be true of plan B, it can turn around that quickly mm. and you can have to get on board that quickly. Sometimes it takes longer, sometimes it takes months of deciding, okay. Here we go. I'm yep. going to change my plan or I'm going to sort this out. And I'm going to make a new plan or whatever. But yeah, I remember the, the shock of that. Yeah. You, you were part of that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And just, yeah. Cr- and as you look at the decision you made and you look at what if you would have made the other decision, you're like, oh my gosh, all of it worked out. Yes. Yes. Plan B. Thank you for the sign. Turns out. <laughs> Turns out that was the right choice. Okay. So plan B. It, it can get a bad rap, but plan B can actually be better than plan A if you're open to it. And, and a key competency that we've talked about, dealing with ambiguity, being open to making decisions based on what information you have, being willing to take risk. I know it's uncomfortable. Uh, a couple of stories Ash and I just shared, especially with our careers, you know, having to make choices is hard and you just have to make the best choice you, you can with the data you have and move forward with it. Yeah. And the good thing is a lot of the stuff in life, you can always change your, change your mind. Mm-hmm. You can always change the direction if it doesn't work out. As we talk about plan B, let's talk about how do we lean into plan B? What are some skills to enable us to lean into that? And these are three skills they talk about in this book, designing your life. The first one is curiosity. I love that. It makes me think of my little boy, Who's the most curious dude trying to eat leaves and mulch outside? (laughs) He wants to know what everything tastes like. I'm like, that's probably high fiber, but you don't need to eat that. (laughs) Uh, So curiosity, this makes everything new. It invites you to explore. We've talked about getting outside of your comfort zone. Change can feel forced sometimes. And and I think that's why people don't like change often. Mm -hmm. But treat change like a curious new adventure, Mm -hmm. be curious about it, want to learn about it, explore it. And that curiosity is going to help you to see a bigger view of what possibilities are out there. 
It helps you be more accepting of the emotions you feel as you go through it too. Mm, yes. Because you're like, oh, I feel angry. Huh. Let's think about that. Why do I feel angry right now? Mm, yeah. Yeah. The next one is biased to action. Okay. So this skill is really around being committed to building your way forward, not sitting on one way of living in your life. Um, if we are not biased towards action, we'll get stuck where we are. And oftentimes our goals will be set by others. So if you're just stuck, if you never move, um, you're like, this is my plan A. I'm going to be in this job for the rest of my life. Oftentimes, one, you're not learning, you're not growing, mm -hmm. you're not exploring. But a lot of times if we get stuck, it's easy for our goals and our priorities to actually be influenced on us by others. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's a key piece here is as you're curious and seeking out things, be biased towards acting on, on new, new routes, new adventures, new activities, trying things out. Uh, so that's, that's the second skill here. Love it. Love it. The third one is reframing. You've probably heard about this maybe in some mindset books. Um, I know from a, having a more positive mindset, people talk about reframing the situation. Here we're talking about uh, how you view a situation. Reframing isn't figuring out what to do with the rest of your life. It's just what do you need to do next? So a lot of times we think, what is my grandiose plan for the rest of my life? Where do I want to be? When do I want to retire? I know we have a financial advisor and that was hard for me. He's like, when do you want to retire? How much money do you want to spend when you're <laughs> retired? I'm like, I have no I don't know. clue. Never. I like working. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Jamaica. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Just tell me the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I'm all about reframing. What do I need to do next? What needs to be next? Yeah. yeah. And uh, reframing in life entails us stepping back examining what biases we might have and looking at what is ne the next solution that we need. Mm -hmm. Makes me think of the the song from Frozen 2 and then, you know, just do the next right thing. That's what it makes How does it go? Good. Sing it. <laughs> do the next right thing. Okay. I would never no. have known. No? Okay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for telling me. That's from Frozen 2. You're, you're welcome. Yes, Everybody. Happy to help. It's like you're watching the movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I sound totally like Kristen Bell. Uh, there's also a book called The Next Right Thing, which mm. I have only read excerpts from, but I've been told it's excellent. And the excerpts I've read have yeah. been excellent. So if anyone wants to read that and then summarize it for me, I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Send us a message. <laughs> Send us a message. <laughs> uh, you've got a couple of good book suggestions yeah. here today. Mm -hmm. yeah. As as we talk about plan B, let's respect that plan B, which we know can also be plan C, D, E, F, beyond anything that's not plan A, plan B can actually be something that's better than what you could have even comprehended for yourself. And sometimes plan A isn't an option and we need to move forward by being curious, taking action, reframing the situation. Uh, we're going to grow that competency of dealing with ambiguity. Uh, we're going to be able to step into that life that's waiting for us. And the life that you planned might not might not be the one that, that you want based on where you are in life. You yeah. might learn that there's something even greater for you. You won't know until you get there. You won't. Yes. And like we said, it is a, an infinite game. Yeah. Yes. I'd love to hear some of the things, some of your plan A's mm -hmm. that went awry or the plan B that you're now living. And I, if you want to message us, I'd love to hear some of those. I just think it'd be interesting. Yep. I agree. 
send it our way. Thank you for tuning in to our respect series. Uh, we're going to keep going down this route of respect. So tune back in. Uh, thank you for, for joining us and we look forward to chatting next time. Okay. Bye.